0: Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with the newfound peace of mind. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mailbox Money. I am Jackson Wood, joined as always by my partner, Ryan Krueger. We are very excited to kick it off this year with this episode. Uh, we feel like this is going to be a timeless episode. It is the culmination of years and years and years of being in the trenches, building financial plans, building investment portfolios. And we think that this will help answer many, many questions that our listeners have. It certainly answered many questions for Ryan and I separately in our own journey to figure out. Uh, You know, find the holy grail and and figure out a solution uh, for financial planning. And for those of you that would like to, you know, reach your freedom day and enjoy your freedom days after years and years of hard work, wanted to give a special shout out and a virtual bear hug to those of you, our listeners. Uh, We've received many, many messages, uh, emails, texts, phone calls, wondering, you know, what's been going on. We've had a, a little bit of a goofy start to the year. Uh, mainly because of a hospital visit uh, that I had. I've never been in the hospital for me. And uh, after emergency surgery on my finger and many wonderful nurses and doctors bringing everything back and and getting me back healthy, um, we're here. So because of that and all all of the, uh, the warm messages we got, we are back on a regular cadence and we certainly appreciate it. And we wanted to give a little bit extra in this episode and really just find this holy grail of of kind of informed simplicity and we think it's going to be beneficial it certainly has been to us um and with that we you know all those messages they truly did mean a lot of sitting in the hospital bed getting getting emails of hey everything all right didn't see the podcast drop this week and me me telling them hey be patient with me we are going to bring the heat as soon as we are back and uh if if me prepping for this episode is any indication I, it is the heat we are bringing it full speed And I think we're going to answer a lot of questions. And what do I, during that time of massive anxiety
1: and nervousness, I figure why not work on a nerdy healthcare chart to welcome you (laughs) back with a little more mailbox money to take care of all those bills. Um, I'm glad to have you back. Maybe Carly slightly more than me. Um, But I think somebody told us it was the hundredth, episode of Mailbox Money, and I give you all the credit in the world. I would never have done this had you not suggested, hey, if all we do is hit record on some of the conversations we're having, if it helps get anybody listening to a better place, wherever that is, whether we're lucky enough to serve them for three decades or three generations or somebody we'll never meet, that was a pretty powerful uh, mission. So thank you for suggesting it. Um, It has been great to continue sharpening our sword and sharing and learning in this world of abundance, not just what we're giving, but what we're receiving in feedback, which is wonderful. So um, it means a lot to us for those of you that share it, like, subscribe all of those digital algorithms that this dinosaur knows nothing about that Jackson Woods really good at. um, And we have an improved production set of solutions, I believe this year, so we'll even be able to share more, graphic images like today, I mean, we are going to, the the one, if I had to pick one image that has raised my eyebrows the most in my career, and that changed the course of my career, we're going to share it today. And it's updated through the end of last year. And when Jackson said the Holy Grail, to me, what I learned after years 28 years now of being in the middle of the biggest belly of the beast of complex confusion in all of wall street's predictions and products to sell based on that confusion and i do believe there's a little bit of a conspiracy there and i escaped to be able to tell simpler truths what i realized it wasn't a market or a product or a fund or an allocation that wasn't the missing puzzle piece it wasn't a perfect combination the holy grail is deeply informed simplicity if there are a couple of simple truths, and I'm gonna share one today that's hiding in plain sight. Deeply informed simplicity. I couldn't have said this at the beginning of my career. I didn't know this. So it took a long time and process of elimination. Um, And I thought it would be good at the tail end of last year and the beginning of any calendar year, we are overwhelmed with predictions and market calls and economist forecasts and stock market gurus and I have an entire folder, as you might guess, I'm nerdier than all of them, and I keep score, and I'm more objective. The folly of forecasting is one of my favorite folders. Um, And there's actually, it's not just to poke fun and, and look at, there's actually something to learn from if everybody is clustered around a certain, let's just use a boat analogy, Jackson, if everybody is on board a certain boat, I've always said, whether you're talking about a share of stock or the entire market prediction who is left on shore to push it and you got to think about that when everybody's all in a particular idea business an idea they cluster around certain predictions um go anywhere other than there is a pretty good starting point so this time last year there was never a more convinced crowd in my career of an imminent recession and doom and it was consistent we didn't take the other side of that. Um, we didn't predict anything. We've never made a prediction our entire career. We're going to talk about today what is an antidote to all of those predictions. And then as we put together our, my favorite, nerdiest of nerdy chart books of the year were all of the different homemade data charts that we draw up and study and learn and share with our partners and, and illustrate the work that we're doing and to, to match some clues into some simple picture pages. If you don't want to read our deep dives, we can script right to the picture pages. Every year we force ourselves that we could only pick a couple out of all of those, which is really difficult. Um, I'm going to share one today that might be my nomination of the most misleading headline of many choices, which is saying something of the entire year. So buckle up, We're going to dive in, and I think it was dividend growth, Jackson, and we call this podcast Mailbox Money for a reason, what you can count on, the only metric in over 200 years that you can hold in your hand to know it is real. That is a pretty good start. That is a dividend, the only metric that has been around for over 200 years and all of the other factors and variables and really, really smart and everything else included ways to carve up and look at stocks in the stock market all of those have come and gone. One has stood the test of time. And if you start with that clue and then you shine the light on what I believe is the best metric to find improvement, both inside of a business and for stakeholders to know what is real, it's dividend growth, a pay raise year over year. And that's originally what brought you and me together, sharing that holy
0: grail. And we're going to do it today. I love I love that. Um... What I like to do is I like to kind of paint this picture in my mind of the situation, and then kind of focus in. So I have vivid memories of before my accident in my hand getting torn up, sitting in my garage the day two days before Christmas building toys. My kids don't listen to this, so I can tell the tell, tell the audience that I built the toys. Um, and I was listening to a uh, popular financial podcast, and they were going through predictions for twenty twenty three. And from all these banks, from all these managers and analysts and saying, you know, here's how what they predict the start of year. Here's where it ended up. And every single one of them were wrong. And I just wanted to kind of jump through my headphones into the podcast and say, hold on a second. What if there's a better way? By looking at dividend growth, what if we can get rid of all of these predictions, all of these bets, not, not even get in the boat or be on the shore? just look at what this could do for your portfolio and the math here and these examples that you've set, answer those questions. And I feel like it will eliminate all this wasted time. I don't know if the financial talking heads will have anything to talk about on their show, but for you at home and listeners, it, it it's going to unlock hours of your time back so you, because you won't have to, to worry about these. And one of the things that you mentioned right before we started recording is how powerful this is uh, for those, you know, close to the end of their career uh, that already have all the money saved up or those are, those that are just starting out, right? Some of the families we we work for, uh, you know, open their first account with us um, and having this as one of their weapons uh, and tools in their tool belt uh, from the very beginning, how powerful that is. So anywhere along that, that spectrum, um, it, it's influential and it's life-changing.
1: And yet we also know that none of the world of predictions is going to change. Rather than just giggle at it or poke fun at it, as I've noticed my career, more and more advisors realize this, right? It's it's easy and popular and frankly, sometimes lazy to just say, they don't know what they're talking about. Nobody knows anything. And so their solution is nobody can beat the market, just passively index. When we share these examples and real data, we're gonna dive into two big ones right now. I think there's a better way. I, I, I think dividend growth is not only an answer to all of the anxiety and predictions, and we'll even share the financial planning biggest problem in addition to stock market and portfolio management, one silver bullet. Um, I also think it puts to rest any debate of active management or passive. That's a, that's a big silver bullet to knock through all three of those dragons. And I can back it up with evidence. Um, so specifically, the, the couple of pages that we update every year for our stakeholders, um, one of the most misleading and I think overlooked parts of the dividend question at all is a high-yield dividend and a low-yield dividend and why we are personally not interested in either. Um, As a matter of fact, last year, let's just make it as hard on ourselves as possible. Um, Rather than cherry pick great examples or pick on weak examples, as also a lot of portfolio managers like to do, I'm going to spot us. Last year was one of the worst years ever for high yielding dividend stocks. It's perfect proof why we are not looking for high yield, how it can be misleading and oftentimes red flags are the most unhealthy companies. So... If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'll try to describe it, but we can share in the show notes, these two very, very simple, and I hope long lasting profound examples. We have two stocks, same sector, healthcare in honor of Jackson's miraculous recovery, better than ever. And we have a higher yielding dividend stock, and we show the yield over the last 10 years always north of 2%, up to as close as 3.5%, very consistent. The average over 10 years for that stock at any point in time, if you looked at that stock, the bluest of the blue chip, by the way, this is a A rated, wonderful company, one of the top holdings in most dividend ETFs, not ours. And we'll share why. In just a minute but it is as good as it gets i'm not picking on a weak holding here so the average across 10 years was 2.65 percent dividend yield i want to compare that and what i think is hiding in plain sight a more powerful story long lasting we picked one of our lowest yielding stocks and over that entire 10-year period same sector same industry was never close to the higher-yielding stock if you wanted a dividend. Its average was 1.38%. So almost half of the dividend yield and never close throughout that 10-year period of time. By way of comparison, the higher-yielding stock happens to be a dividend king. People talk about aristocrats, stocks that have raised their dividends 25 straight years. Some of them, the dividend king has raised it 50 years consecutively. So that's what I meant by bluest of the blue chip. And there are a few tremendous companies in that group that prices we will pay um, that are in our portfolio. This happens not to be one of them Um, for many, many reasons um, that it is not as healthy fundamental balance sheet. It's not growing its top line revenue. People would oftentimes assume that with a growing dividend, the business is healthy. In fact, it can be just the opposite. They could be paying out more and more of their free cash flow. In this case, almost three quarters of its free cash flow, they're paying out in dividend. Very unhealthy and at risk, in our opinion. That same 10-year period, the much, much lower-yielding stock, and why we this why we call this podcast mailbox money. Just to use very simple math, if, if you started out with $1 million in either one of them, the dividend raises in the lower-yielding stock outpaced... The higher yielding stock. So when the 10 year period began, the lower yielding stock yielded $18,000. If you went to your mailbox at the end of the year, you would have collected four dividend checks totaling $18,000. I'm sorry, at, the, at year one of that 10 year period, the same year to start with, the higher yielding stock, you would have collected $30,000. At the end of the 10 year period, annually, that higher yielding stock has grown from $30,000 a year in dividends to $51,000. Not bad. The lower yielding stock started off paying you $18,000 a year and is now paying you $97,000 a year. Never reflected if at any point in time, if you looked at the current dividend based on the stock price, that's the current yield. The dividend pay raises and why we call this mailbox math, that $96,811, just under $97,000 on the original investment of a million, that's close to 9.7 yield on cost annually now and rising. And that company, by the way, is growing and it's paying out less than a quarter of its free cash flow and dividends. A very, very good clue. There are no guarantees. Who knows what will happen? But very strong evidence that actually will continue to rise and perhaps even accelerate in the future, which also, if you're playing at home and reading all the financial planning articles next to the Wall Street predictions and stock market articles, I would note that 9.7%, and this is from one of our lower yielding stocks, no pride in authorship here. We just pick one of the lowest yielding. Anybody can do this on their own. We're happy to help if you need it. That 9.7% yield on cost and rising has slayed this other financial planning biggest of all questions for investors of what's my safe withdrawal rate? And most of those debates center on three, four, five percent. And an entire industry and decades of work go into that debate. Well, this is double that rate. And it's free cash flow, not withdrawing principal, and there was not one prediction, and not counting on or relying one penny of appreciation during that entire ten-year period.
0: It's so powerful, and I love putting on the financial planning hat here. Whether you're an advisor, you know, trying to allocate funds on behalf of a partner or a client, or you're a do yourself investor, a lot of a lot of the discussion I see as as people realize that. You know, income uh, is, is part of the solution here and what your portfolio can generate in income, um, a lot of people will chase these higher yielding companies. And this is a, frankly, uh, just a wild example of two similar companies, same sector, and what can happen uh, to the income that you receive, right? So a 9.7, just about, percent yield on original cost. My favorite thing about this chart it's nearly uh, you know, doubling the income you're receiving. But, but my favorite part in this is igno- it's ignoring a penny of appreciation on the stock price. It's, it, forget about that part of it. Forget about that part of the story. Look what the income has done. So over the course of 10 years, the income that you're receiving from your portfolio has grown by a very, very significant amount. And if you think about that from the, from the perspective of cost of living, or what you want to do during your Freedom Day, or the life that you want to live. Uh, that's, that's why we love this mailbox money, and that's why the green flag in our logo is pointing down, stuff full of cash, because you deserve, uh, you know, after years and years and decades of hard work, you deserve your cost of living in retirement to not go down, and you, you deserve to not be worried about withdrawal rates and, and how oh, the market is struggling this year because of whatever reason. Can I safely pull 4%? I know the math in their example. Study. What if you could just forget all of that and simply look at the pay raises that you're receiving without having to sell any of your shares, without having to worry about timing it or putting guardrails on? That's the new thing I'm seeing in financial planning literature is we need to set guardrails and you advisors need to be prepared to have these tough conversations with your clients if we get hit with a bad market of, hey, you know what? We set the plan up. You can take this much out of the portfolio this year but because of things out of our control you can only take maybe 60% of that or 40% of that. Hope you're okay. Like this gets rid of all of that stress. And that's that's why I called it the holy grail. That's that's how powerful this can become. And we're not even really talking about this from the angle of the portfolio manager either and what this can do, you know, to, to an actual, you know, fund or strategy. I'm simply talking about it from the uh, the financial planning side and think about the stress that that can relieve. And I know Ryan and I have said this many times, but to be clear, this is what represents the vast majority of our own personal accounts. This is what we truly do believe in and how we allocate our precious dollars earned for, for my future, for my spouse's, my family's future. This is, th- this is what works. And uh, I, I just love how calming this effect can be. But also, you know, I don't want to come across as like this uh, you know, stress relieved, sleeping well at night. This this stuff also gets me fired up, right? Just looking at the numbers here, um, you know, I don't want to come across as like I'm trying to be calm and mill everything out. This is exciting stuff, and this this is life changing, you know, financially changing info for for people out there. So I hope my excitement can also kind of come through um, as I look at these numbers. And and this is this is amazing. I love this. Well, we should
1: probably add one more image um, in honor of the new woodpile edition in a couple of weeks that will make between the two of us, 10 little angels that we're responsible for three girls and two boys for each of us. There's a great image of, I mean, you catch and hear that excitement on Jackson's face. I mean, there's pictures of him with his kids on the beach, riding in the sand, dividends are not for, him. <laughs> and it's true. And I would just say, that, that, to emphasize why that was not cherry picked and using one of the lower yielding stocks um, in one sector, we never, we don't include the ticker because it's not about a pick. We would never, ever, ever not be balanced across all sectors. So that it's never about which sector is gonna work. Um, it's never gonna be about, is this a year for growth or income? It, seems like a long long time ago but it was only this time last year that that crowd was never more convinced just hide out and get 5% in cash because I don't know what in the world's going on in the stock or bond market that was the consensus and the money market rates and the assets flying into cash missing both of those markets entirely I want to give everybody the peace of mind and my strongest suggestion possible Because I really do believe our biggest challenge as investors, and so all we care about, serving the investors, it's not, should never be about what we like or what we're good at, serving them over the next 30 years. The question is not going to be whether to put more money in a growth or income fund or account. The question that your family is relying on you for is where do I find growth of income? And all of a sudden, every single time you turn on and hear news about inflation, you can turn it off and go grab those kids or grandkids and go do something fun because you've answered the question ahead of time. Um, and and just to show you, it's also not about a value stock or a growth stock or leaning on one side of the boat and wondering who's left to push it. That, that ha- that example. Um, so, well, you could, you know, I wish I'd have known that then. And that's why I really do cringe and hate these charts from 30 years ago or 50 years ago. If only you'd invested a dollar. Notice we're not doing that. We're not saying if you invested a dollar, here's what it would be worth with appreciation. We eliminated all that. Just focusing on the mailbox math. Those two examples, even with the known data and all of our kids' finance books claim that the markets are efficient, which is why for all 10 of those kids, we're ripping those chapters out of their books, and this will be worth more than any MBA. If it's all priced inaccurately, if all that data is really simple that we just shared with you, then that better growing, more fundamentally superior business should be priced as such. If you believe in efficient markets and indexes, and I'm here to tell you that even after that math, even after that example, that stock on the top that's over-owned, the higher yield that got passed and surpassed quickly with better dividend growth is three times more expensive than the better-growing stock. So growth or value, this isn't about that. It should be two sides of the same coin. Um, I, I, I do want to add just a little bit um, – uh, Well. Kind of a big punctuation mark, and this is exactly why I escaped Wall Street, so I could share these truths. And I'm looking right at you, Wall Street. With the next next example, the probably my headline of the year, and I just shook my head at how, if if you've wondered how really really misleading at best, and how absolutely plan wrecking and anxiety producing at worst, some of these headlines and stories and predictions are ladies and gentlemen i give you the headline from bloomberg at the end of the year and i quote billions wiped out and just let you for a second think about oh my gosh i wonder what they're talking about which one of the disasters or predicted disasters and next time you see or hear a headline that seems goofy because every one of you listening knows something about some industry or craft better than this, the guy, right. Or the gal writing it. And when you know, in your heart, you just have to like scream, you have to tell somebody you're obligated. Like that's not true. I need to go tell the truth. Every one of you listening to this knows that that's happened. Um, And and that example, and the only thing I really know about is I'm going to share here in a second. Um, Next time you hear or see or read something that just seems so outrageous, rather than just brush it off, my suggestion and one of my biggest grins for the longest time of who's on the other side of that what might be the beneficiary and profit from that confusion and yes i'm looking right at you wall street i spent the first 10 years of my career realizing that that confusion is manufactured and i'm not throwing rocks i left under the best of circumstances there are some brilliant people and good people, and honest people, but in their for-profit business as fiduciaries, they're trying to make money for their stakeholders. And Confusion is a big seller. They're going to go from one product to the other. And Nervousness, and oh my gosh, I better just look to the experts, is a big business. So that headline, Jackson Wood, from Bloomberg, Billions Wiped Out, believe it or not, was actually talking about the beautifully boring 200 year old only metric that stood the test of time dividends (laughs) they had the attention grabbing audacity to say billions were wiped out by comparing dividend stocks underperforming a couple of high growth technology stocks that were the feature of almost everybody's attention last year so a little misleading. I don't know about wiped out, but (laughs) relative underperformance. And I share this because everybody's guilty of that performance anxiety if we let these predictions dictate what we're thinking about and doing. Um, And I quote from the article, dividend fund flows near record low as safety trade on Wall Street misfires. And again, to be clear, they're talking about a relative horse race of one horse was faster than another without talking about the history of that slower horse and the longevity and the health of that slower horse. Um, And I quote, stocks are going nowhere fast, said a Morgan Stanley analyst about dividend stocks. We already talked a minute ago about the difference. We don't just buy dividend stocks and hope for the best. There is a absolute Surgical separation between higher dividend growth stocks and higher yielding stocks, and a gigantic difference. But I couldn't help but notice, and I wanted to share the chart of: as long as these predictions and anxiety is going to continue to be fueled, and is big business, make no mistake, and all these chips are getting thrown on Wall Street's casino table. Take the stick, man. Be the house, (laughs) rather than push and shove each other on one side of the table, the other. My simple suggestion, and we share, and I only use the example because it was the quote from the business, Morgan Stanley, in the article, could have been any number of really good ones, but if you happen to be a Morgan Stanley stakeholder of the shares in the prediction business, you started out getting paid 35 cents a share on your dividends, owning a share of that business called Morgan Stanley. And 10 years later, I don't see a whole lot of record low flows, misfiring, stocks going nowhere fast, billions wiped out. 10 years later, those stakeholders with annual dividend pay raises are now getting 10.4% yield on their cost. Not only ignoring all of the trades and anxiety and predictions, but benefiting from them because the crowds won't change.
0: Let's get on the other side of that. Grab the stick. I love it. Mic drop. I hope that everybody can appreciate how incredibly powerful this math is. Uh, We love and appreciate all of our listeners. We are excited to be back. Um, If you have questions, would like to schedule a meeting with our team, you can email us team at freedomdaysolutions.com. And with that, we will see everybody next week. This show is brought to you by Freedom Day Solutions, LLC, a registered investment
1: advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide. Performance is not guaranteed, and
0: past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. To learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and
1: was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Day Solutions may hold positions in the securities discussed.